Please join us for Northern Apostle Radio's Witness to Hope, the show where you can listen to inspiring stories of faith and hope from people you may know right here in the Marquette area. Hearing how God has sustained others with courage and perseverance, even through some of life's most difficult challenges, can inspire us to trust in God's loving care for us, even when we don't understand His ways. As St. Paul tells us in Romans 5, 3-5, We rejoice in our sufferings, knowing that suffering produces endurance, and endurance produces character, and character produces hope. And hope does not disappoint us because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit, which has been given to us. Listen now as Monsignor Michael Stieber, pastor of St. Peter Cathedral, talks with today's guest. So here in the studio with me today, Faye Presley, our station manager, and our special guest today, Nicole Rowan. She's a member of our Cathedral Parish and I just invited her to share today her inspiring story. Nicole, I've just been in, inspired myself by your faith journey with your husband, Bo, who passed away in 2015, your little daughter, Anna. For our listeners, please tell some of the background of your marriage to Bo and uh, your careers together. Yeah, I'd love to. Bo and I met in the fall of 2008. Uh, I was a fairly new registered nurse at the hospital, and Bo had just started his first year in the family medicine residency program. Uh, The first time we met, we didn't know each other's names. We've never seen each other before, and I had a question regarding one of the patients I was taking care of. So I sat down and picked up the phone, and I paged Dr. Rowan, and the man sitting next to me picked up the phone and said, hello, this is Dr. Rowan. (laughs) And we both looked at each other and laughed. Um, And then we went about our day, uh, and that was kind of that. Uh, Then a few months later, we took a class together at the hospital um, for cardiac life support. And Bo and I were in the same group, and we talked to each other, and we just kind of seemed like we both sort of were drawn to each other, and we began dating shortly after that. Um, Bo was a, a, the quiet one in the relationship, I would mm-hmm. say, and I was um, the more outgoing one, um, but it seemed to work great for both of us. We dated for two years, and we got married on June 25th in 2011, and then the day after our wedding, we packed up our car, and we drove 12 hours to Erie, Pennsylvania, so Bo could start his fellowship in neuromuscular medicine. Um, and the plan was, once the fellowship was done, Bo would return back to the Marquette area, uh, and he would once again work at the hospital, and then I would return to my job there as well. Uh, at the time, Bo was 30, and I was 28, and we felt like we had our entire lives ahead of us. Mm-hmm. And what parish did you get married in? St. Anthony's in Wells. Oh, yes. Mm-hmm. I know your family from Escanaba area there. Yep, I was from the Escanaba area, and Bo was from Lower Michigan, uh, Lapeer, Michigan, outside of Flint. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And Nicole, when was the Bo's cancer first discovered, and what was the type and prognosis? Uh, well, being a newly married couple, um, the cancer was kind of discovered a while after Bo started not feeling well. Um, being newly married, we'd never lived together before. 
Uh, and I noticed a few weeks into our marriage that something just wasn't, wasn't quite right with him. He would wake up in the middle of the night uh, with frequent bouts of nausea, vomiting, and diarrhea. And Bo, being 30 and thinking he's a doctor, um, he thought, oh, I must just have an intolerance to something I ate or I have extreme acid reflux. And he kept putting uh, something off because he was so busy with what he was doing. Then finally, in May 2012, it seemed like things weren't getting any better. And I was finally able to convince him to go to the doctor. Hmm. Uh, and they decided to do a CT scan of his abdomen. Um, and the CT scan showed a very large tumor on his liver. It was about 13 centimeters. Hmm. Um, and so after that, we were um, referred to Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, to see a liver surgeon to have it removed. Uh, and we were told that it was um, an extremely rare form of liver cancer called fibrolamellar hepatocellular carcinoma. Hmm. And it was so rare that they felt only 300 people worldwide had this type of cancer at that time. Um, and it, it only affected young, healthy adults with no pre-existing liver conditions or anything like that. We had never heard of it. Uh, when we received the news, we actually went and Googled what it was because we had no idea. Mm. Um, so after the cancer was removed, uh, the surgeon had told us that he had approximately a 75% five-year survival rate, which in terms of cancer, that's pretty good. Mm. Uh, so we felt cautiously optimistic that our future would probably be positive. Mm. Um, and then soon after we returned to Marquette, we found that the cancer had actually spread um, and that the prognosis was quite different. Hmm. What a shock. And, and especially Bo as a physician himself learning this. How did you two deal with that event in your lives and how did you try to apply your Catholic faith? Um, we immediately um, started praying and we we relied on St. Peregrine and St. Jude to help us get through this. St. Peregrine was the patron saint of cancer patients. Um, and Bo right away found a prayer on the internet <laughs> and we prayed it every night. Um, and I think that it also drew us closer as a couple, which in a way helped us feel closer to God as well. Mm. And uh, what was the situation like when you moved to Marquette then? Uh, when we moved to Marquette, um, Bo and I were kind of cautiously optimistic that the worst was behind us. Mm. Uh, we thought, you know, everything would be great. We could live our lives as we wanted. Um, and Bo's medical follow-up included getting CT scans uh, every three months to see mm. if the cancer had returned. And when he had his first CT scan, um, we found out that the cancer had actually spread to his heart. And then it came back again in his liver. Um, and then every scan we had after that, we just found out that the cancer spread more and more and more for the next three and a half years. Then on top of that, uh, Bo was diagnosed with a completely separate thyroid cancer as well that was completely unrelated. Mm, amazing. Wow. And how did your families help you walk through that? Our families were a source of strength and hope. They were always there for us. Uh, and I think that the way we were raised, when they instilled the values of like dedication, determination, um, you don't give up on people, you mm -hmm. love people, 
Um, that's what really helped us not crumble under the pressures that we felt. Our families would attend mass with us. They would pray for us. Um, they'd pray with us, and they would just remind us that there had to be a reason for what was going on. Hmm. And amazing um, how you and Bo could help each other praying in so many different ways and reaching out to the Lord. And yet uh, the answers seeming to be um, there's more illness coming, there's a mystery here. How did you and Bo help each other turn to the Lord in the midst of that? We just kept focusing on each other, essentially. Uh, there was nothing we could do to change the situation that we were in. Um, we would have loved to have done that if we could have. Mm. Uh, I struggled with it probably more than Bo did. Mm. Um, I felt really angry and upset that, you know, we we felt as if we were good people. Why did mm. this happen? Um, and that was something that I don't really think... I personally came to terms with until probably after Bo passed away. Mm -hmm. So many times that why question comes up for people in facing illnesses, tragedies, and I often try to encourage as a pastor myself that we may not have an answer to the why, but to ask the Lord, what do you want me to learn or what do you want to show me through this, Lord? Help me see what you want me to see. And you were doing that uh, in your own way, each of you, I remember just seeing how faithful you both were to participation in Sunday Mass, the times that we prayed together. I prayed the sacrament of anointing of the sick a few times with Bo and with you there. And then we prayed with Bishop Berigastol, asking his intercession. And uh, you both showed me really a lot of courage and hope, even with that mixture of feelings, uh, efforts and acceptance and trust. How did you find on a day-by-day -day basis, how did you find the Lord with you in that? Uh, looking back on the situation, I think the mere fact that Bo survived uh, for three and a half years was a demonstration of how the Lord helped us day by day. The Lord helped us by providing us with the courage to face every single scan we had and every mm -hmm. single bad test result. And even though it didn't feel like it at the time, I think the fact that we were able to pick up the pieces and carry on was an example of that. Mm. Um, also, as it became obvious that Bo was nearing the end of his life, it was comforting to know that whatever happened was completely beyond our control. Mm. Um, we could just spend time with each other and love each other, but whatever happened was up to God. Mm-hmm. It was like time slowing down to one moment at a time, one day at a time. Hey? Exactly. Mm -hmm. uh, share, Nicole, with uh, folks about what it was like to learn you were pregnant during Bo's illness and how that affected you both. Bo and I um, had wanted a child throughout our entire marriage, and Bo loved kids. He loved mm -hmm. uh, our nieces and nephews. He just loved spending time with them, and he, he would have been a great father. And about six months after Bo's cancer diagnosis, Bo needed chemotherapy. And at that time, we were told that having a child just wouldn't be possible due to the chemo, and that if we desired, we could pursue sperm banking, but that was against our religious convictions, and we felt at the time that whatever happened, happened. Um, it was up to God. And then a few months later, the chemo Bo needed to be started on, started on, really started to take a toll on him. Um, he would spend the next six months sleeping about 20 hours a day. 
Um, and then around October of 2014, he was able to be switched to a different form of chemotherapy. And it seemed as if life came back to him. Um, it was almost, we felt as if almost he had this miraculous recovery, which um, when you speak of how God worked through us, I do feel that um, he gave us that last time together. Um, and it both felt so much better. He felt like he wanted to go back to work. Um, and I told him, you know, I really want to have a baby. And he thought I was crazy. And I said, well, I don't care. (laughs) (laughs) Um, and, and so I went to church around January and I was remembered, I was just so upset because I saw everybody around me, our age, having families and I, we had wanted that so badly. Mm. And I went to church, and I, I knew deep down that Bo probably was not going to be around for forever. And I prayed that if Bo was going to be taken from me, um, if it would be possible, I would love to be blessed with a healthy baby girl. I even said a baby girl, <laughs> which is wow. kind of crazy. Um, but then at the end of February, um, I found out I was pregnant. Uh, and we were so shocked and excited and our families were so shocked and excited and learning that we were pregnant was just an extreme blessing. Uh, it gave us hope for the future when, uh, for so long, the future had been so painful to even think about. Mm-hmm. A real beautiful light of hope shining there. Mm-hmm. Wow. And then how did things progress from there and how were you able to endure Soon after I was pregnant, uh, Bo had another scan, uh, which showed despite his increased energy that his cancer had pretty much spread throughout his entire body. Um, He had metastases in his heart, in his abdomen, in his liver. Um, It was just everywhere, it seemed. Uh, So the doctors recommended that he discontinue the chemotherapy he was on. And they wanted us to go to Mayo Clinic to see if there was anything else that could just be like a last effort. Uh, so we had planned on doing that. Um, then while we were waiting for that, day by day, it seemed like Bo just declined a little bit more each day. And then in June, um, we were scheduled to have our 20-week ultrasound to find out that Anna was a girl. And Bo came to the hospital, and we did the ultrasound, and afterwards... Uh, he just didn't look good. Um, Mm. And so he ended up being hospitalized to have fluid removed from his lung after that. Um, And then soon after that, he had a last surgery um, to try to prevent the fluid from building back um, quickly. Mm. And then he required oxygen. Mm. At that point, we realized that we didn't have any more options and that hospice would probably be the best decision. Mm -hmm. Um, thinking that providing that type of palliative care could perhaps extend life instead of, um, traveling for further interventions, which would take a toll on Bo as well. Mm -hmm. Um, so while he was on hospice, we would spend these days doing just all sorts of little things, um, that were kind of fun to us. We would go to Taco Bell a couple times a week because who cares what you eat if you're on <laughs> hospice, right? Or pregnant. <laughs> um, and uh, we would spend time looking through baby name books uh, to find the perfect girl name. Um, and I endured by knowing that I had a purpose, and that was to take care of Bo and then to take care of our baby. Um, as for Bo, he, he was a quiet guy, 
Um, but he also at this time kept things very much to the surface level. And I think that's because discussing anything about our future uh, was probably too painful for him. Mm-hmm. And we just enjoyed spending all of our time together. Mm. It's powerful how you mentioned one of the things that helped you was having a sense of purpose and again, living to comfort and help Bo as long as you could and welcome uh, little Anna. Um, I remember being called when I was at Mary Grove, I think, helping with a retreat. Was that June, maybe? Uh, August. August. And um, given the news that Bo was declining more, so I remember praying the sacrament of anointing of the sick with Bo and the last rites of the church with him and you and your families. And what struck me was that you seemed, again, really surrendered to the Lord in peace, even as facing the approach of death and You were courageous, too. Just all of you gathered around him really was a powerful witness to me. Yeah, I I remember that as well. Um, I remember I woke up uh, the morning I called you to go to work, and um, Bo's dad was at the house with me because they were staying to help me take care of him. And um, he woke up, and I said, Bo, how are you doing? And he told me, not so good, Nicole. And that was the last thing he said to me, and um, I went to work. Then about 9 o'clock that morning, I just felt something wasn't right. I needed to go home. Uh, So I went home, and Bo's dad was there, and his dad looked concerned. And I looked at Bo, and um, he he was starting to have apneic breathing. Uh, So then I called you, Mm. and you came to the house. And then Bo actually um, was like that until the next morning, around 11.20 in the morning, he passed away. Mm. Um, He he struggled a little bit with breathing, um, but the hospice nurses helped us with that as well. Um, And I felt that the moments after Bo had passed away, just feeling this immense sense of peace and comfort. Um, and I felt as if the way Bo looked when you had came to the house after he had passed away too. I remember you commenting on it with us that he just looked so peaceful mm-hmm. and at rest. Um, and I felt as if he was truly with me, letting me know that it was okay. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You could release him with hope in the Lord and entrust him to that fullness of eternal life. I remember his funeral mass was a, a powerful witness to so many people from the community coming. Yes, it was. Mm-hmm. Um, he really was loved by the community, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and the community was great to us as well. Oh, that's another great comfort we can offer each other. Uh, tell us about Anna's birth and how she's been a blessing to you how your faith has helped you as a young single mom, and how has your family helped you and other people helping you? Yeah, um, when Bo passed away, I was seven months pregnant. Um, We were hoping that um, Bo would make it to the end, but Mm -hmm. that obviously wasn't in the plan. Um, But soon after Bo was buried, I just began to not feel very well at all. I just felt like maybe everything had taken a toll on me, Uh, but it turned out that my blood pressure was really high, and I needed to be admitted to the hospital for preeclampsia. Um, and then Anna was born exactly one month after Bo passed away. Uh, she was a month premature. Um, and I had a C-section uh, for her. And she had to spend some time in the NICU. Uh, but she did well. And she was able to go home about a week later. And without Anna, I, I really don't know what I would have done during that time. 
Uh, she provided me once again with that sense of purpose, which was always so important to me, mm-hmm. uh, even though at times I was wondering what I was doing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. um, and then having faith as a single mom helped me, especially at times when I just feel like I can't handle getting up with this kid the third or fourth time in the night, mm-hmm. or I just can't handle listening to another minute of a toddler say, no, don't want that, when you don't really know what it is they want, and they probably don't know either. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, I just say sometimes in the morning when I get up, I just say, God, help me get through this day because mm-hmm. um, I just need that strength. Um, but without my family or the help of other people, I don't know what I would do. Uh, my family helps out a lot. My mom will come up and stay with me um, and help out. She'll get up with Anna during the night. Um, my dad will come over and he'll fix my house up and mow my lawn. And then my sisters uh, will pick up Anna from daycare if I have to work late or drop her off if I have to go in early. Um, And then there's even this wonderful woman um, who offers to take Anna for me once a week so I can run some errands after work, which Mm. has just been a huge blessing. Oh, I'm sure. A great network of support and uh, how blessed you are that you have that. And Anna, just she's a beautiful little girl. Do you see her, Nicole, as that living reminder of the love you and Bo shared? I do. Uh, I feel as Anna is a true gift. She really is. Um, And I see so much of Bo in her. (laughs) And I know that Bo's watching over her from heaven with the biggest smile on his face. Uh, She's such a happy, talkative, energetic little girl that I know Bo would be proud. (laughs) Um, And he's just looking over her. (laughs) How would you say that this this whole journey with Bo and now Anna has changed your life, Nicole? Uh, My life is completely different, uh, and I look at things with a completely different perspective. And at times, um, it's not easy for me, and I feel angry because of this. Uh, I kind of have an intolerance for people who stress over things that just don't really seem life-threatening or they just seem minuscule in the scheme of things. Um, But when I put that aside and I try to focus on the positive aspect of how my life has changed, I really do feel that every day is a gift. Hmm. Every, Every birthday is a gift. You know, every time you go to the doctor and you have a test result and it's normal, that truly is a gift as well. Um, and it took me almost two and a half years after Bo passed away to be able to feel this way. But I also feel as if my faith in God has been strengthened. Mm-hmm. Um, I felt that God brought Bo and I together for a reason. And when I reflect back on the eight years that Bo and I knew each other, uh, our journey I I just don't know how this could have ironically happened. I just feel like there is a higher power that that put us together. Um, And it truly is just a testament of true love. Mm -hmm. It sure is. And for all that know you and and see you. Now that scripture in Romans, where the Lord can bring good out of all things for those who love him and whom he loves. Uh, the, The powerful witness that you continue to be and um, we just thank you for your sharing today. Um, I'm, I know that many people listening can be touched in all different aspects of what you've shared and that uh, we don't always know why things are happening. Hey, eh? We can ask that question to the Lord. It's a natural question. But 
I try to encourage people as a pastor and myself that uh, maybe a more fruitful question is, Lord, um, what do you want to teach me through this? Or what do you want to show me? Help me see and help me um, receive your grace to, to learn from this. Uh, so let's just close with a moment of prayer together and for others listening today. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Lord, we thank you and praise you for your your gracious mercies in all the moments of life. I thank you so much for Nicole and her witness of hope and courage. Thank you for her love. And thank you for little Anna, this beautiful gift. Thank you, Lord, for strengthening us through your grace and through people you bring into our lives. We pray for all people suffering from any uh, chronic or terminal illnesses, those facing cancer and We pray for all single moms facing their challenges and their children, and for all families, Lord, that none of us would take for granted the gift of life, but we would cherish each moment and turn to you with confidence and hope. Help us learn the things you want us to, Lord, from the events in our lives, and help us grow in faith and hope and love. And we pray with Uh, hope and trust in the intercession of our Blessed Mother. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.